Aloha, and welcome to another episode of the Finding Ohana podcast. Thank you for joining me, Ross Chun, your host, along with my COVID rescue dog, Buddy. Today, we've left the Honda Studios in Aliso Viejo to go out in the field and listen to a local band perform. We're talking about music and how music can bring culture, fun, entertainment, and friendship. The band is the Honeybees, and we'll be enjoying some of their music and even talking to some of their performers. Thank you for joining us. That was a bit of Ventura Highway, covered by the honeybees. Gina Kessler lends her voice to create those incredible harmonies, and Gina has joined us today. Hello, Ross. How are you? Hey, terrific. Thanks so much for joining. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yes, I, um, I'm so excited to talk a little bit about the honeybees and a little bit about your experience um, participating in so many musical events, but First of all, I, I just want to say that you and I, we've known each other for many years. Our paths have crossed under a number of circumstances, but most recently I had the, uh, the pleasure of seeing you perform uh, just down uh, at Metro Point, and I really, really enjoyed seeing you up on stage. I also thought it was very funny that in the middle of a song, you actually said hello to me as I was walking by finding my <laughs> feet. <laughs> We do that a lot. We're always excited to see people, you know, show up for one. <laughs> and um, Metro Point is such a really wonderful family, you know, kind of family friendly place. And uh, there's always a nice built in crowd there. So it's nice when our friends are, are able to make it out. So thank you for coming for that. That was great. Well, and you know what, that's another, that's another great point. Uh, the, the, it was fun seeing friends up on stage, but it was also great to look in the audience and see people that I knew from our community who all had joined you to support your, your performance and to enjoy the music. So that was terrific. Oh, um, good. Yeah, people are, are, uh, are really happy live music is back. It's a big, people are showing up all over the place to support that, which is very encouraging. Yeah, and that was another funny point was when you know, during the break, you came out and talked to us and we got to talk a little bit about about music, about uh, the sound technology you're using, um, the, the, the instruments that the band was playing, which I, I have an interest I've, I've had for, for, gosh, for decades, an interest in, in guitars and uh, different musical instruments. So that also was a terrific, terrific part of the performance. And it, it sort of brings me to the first question I wanted to ask you and to, uh, to talk to you about. Um, do you consider um, your family to be a, a musical family? Is that a fair characterization? Uh, yes, that's very fair uh, to say that we have a musical family. Um, 
mainly because we've just been involved musically in different ways throughout our lives, especially um, Dan and I, my husband. Um, and when, you know, when you have that kind of experience and you're involved in different, um, you know, musical, playing musical instruments or being part of a musical community, um, you know, you pass that down to your children and we're almost a little bit more uh, adamant about them playing instruments and starting from scratch, <laughs> which would be uh, everybody has to have piano lessons because that's just a basic way to learn how to read music. And then you can move on from there, which they all did. Well, that's terrific. And, and you know, you mentioned your husband, Dan. That's funny because um, for, for those listening, I... Um, I am uh, not a musician. I don't consider myself a musician, but I find myself being involved with music and sometimes playing music. And it was, uh, it was recently that I was calling around trying to get some advice on buying uh, an electric, well, an acoustic uh, instrument amplifier. And I had a, an opportunity to talk with Dan. He gave me some uh, great advice. Um, and that's when I learned that he's involved with the production of the NAM show. Yes. Uh, Dan has been, uh, you know, he's been a guitar player since he was a teenager. And um, I believe Jimi Hendrix was a huge influence on him wanting to learn how to play guitar. And he had a paper route, which he saved so he could buy a guitar. And he played in bands throughout his whole life. Um, and when we moved out here to California in 84, his the reason was so he could go to Guitar Institute and learn from some really good instructors there. And he and we ended up uh, staying out here and he became um, a teacher at Guitar Institute as well as write software for a MIDI lab that he created and uh, helped with um, various instructors there to uh, teach guitar students how to play rock and blues. And later on, he became the direct, uh, the, he's the director of technology for NAM. And he pr basically provides leadership with how technology is used um, for running the organization and the shows, uh, which NAM, the NAM show is, um, I don't know if any of your listeners know about the NAM show, but it's a trade association. Um, NAM is a trade association for companies that make and sell instruments and, you know, related products like um, recording equipment, sheet music, and they're basically known for their very large and exciting show in Anaheim in, the, in January. And they also have a summer show in Nashville. And it's, it's really, an, it's, a, it's a fabulous, fabulous organization. And um, I'm glad that you talked to Dan because I think you learned a valuable lesson in um, not buying a Marshall amp for your ukulele, if I remember right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, well, don't I, do don't do that. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Um, it, it, just by the tone in Dan's voice, I could tell it was a bad idea. Um, but I, I couldn't tell if it was a bad idea because um, it, it it wouldn't sound right, or if it was a bad idea because any uh, self-respecting uh, musician would not plug an ukulele into a Marshall amp. Um, Either way, he was kind about it, but he delivered the message clearly enough so that I realized I should get the appropriate amp for the appropriate instrument. Yes, he was trying to get that message through. And uh, <laughs> no, he would never discount or judge an ability 
from anybody um, as a musician, because just the fact that you like to play and you've been involved in it for so long is, uh, is always a plus for any, <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> well, so I, I learn um, and I've learned what I know about music and musical instruments from talking to people like you and, and Dan. Um, so it's always been very helpful. In fact, I just also remembered another situation where I was trying to find a percussion instrument for a video that I was working on for local schools. And I, I could not figure out what this particular instrument was called. And, and you were able to help me. And in fact, I was so surprised that, that you actually play this percussion instrument. And, and is it pronounced cajon? Is that how you say it? Yeah, and and I don't really play it in public, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, a cajon, um, another type of percussion instrument similar to that, a djembe. It's just basically a, a it's a, a cajon is like a box that uh, percussionists use sometimes in acoustic settings. And uh, the one I have is it's a beautiful wood box that you sit on top of and has piano strings inside. Um, and, um, and you pound on it, you basically, there's a, you know, higher end on the top. They're, they're made a little bit different and I'm not, I'm at, not at all an expert on it as people that are listening are probably crying right now, percussionists, (laughs) but, but it's just, it's a great way to keep a beat when you are, um, uh, not a drummer or, you know, uh, you are a drummer and you want to, you know, have a lighter sound to an acoustic setting. Well, and I, you know, I, I first uh, was exposed to that instrument when I was, I was watching, this was years ago, a couple of years ago, and I was watching um, a YouTube video of the, the band Imagine Dragons performing mm. acoustically, and uh, the percussionist was, was playing a cajon, and I had no idea it was an instrument. I thought that he was just um, keeping the beat while he was sitting on a wooden box. And right. He, it wasn't until later that someone explained to me what it was and that it's more complex than just a crate that you're sitting on. So um, I, you know, and so that's, I just chalked that up to another lesson that I've learned about music and musical instruments. Well, that, that's, that's a good lesson because I thought from watching a YouTube video as well of somebody playing a cajon in a reggae band that I too could just sit on top of it. And with my uh, very, what I like to think good timing would just be able to play just like them. <laughs> and I was wrong, but um, I'm having a good time um, getting advice from percussionists and drummer friends on how to um, tackle practicing it. And it's a lot of fun. Well, that's, and, and you know, you, you mentioned timing. Timing is not as, uh, as simple as non-musicians may think. Um, and I know that um, in that video that I had mentioned, um, we had a, a mutual friend of ours was playing in it with me, and and um, I, I joked with her that she would have to sing, and she said, "Well, I don't sing," and I said, "Well, I'm going to find something for you to play," and um, uh, and so I ended up getting her uh, a, a couple of maracas to just shake along with the beat. But boy, she said, "I have I have no timing. I I don't understand the beat," and <laughs> we, we we had to get a metronome, and um, she had to watch the metronome to keep the beat, and it it is kind of funny. Um, because I, I thought it was a simple matter to keep the beat, and I realized it, it isn't. Um, and uh, in, in the end, we had a great time making that video. Um, and I thought, well, gosh, this is great, because here I brought another person who is a musical uh, novice in to appreciate music and, and how students uh, can learn from it and enjoy it as well. So that was a great experience, and I learned something from you as well um, in that particular time. 
Um, but I also I also learned that um, music can be uh, the key to um, strengthening relationships and and starting new friendships. And um, that was that was a, a great project that I got to work on. And it was great that I I got to learn a little bit more about you and your family. Um, and, and so that brings me to the next question. Um, do you feel like uh, music has um, brought your family closer? And I, and I, I, I will say, especially during the pandemic, um, when I think that music is a great release for people um, uh, and, and a great stress reliever, um, but just in general, and then maybe specific during the pandemic, do you think that music has brought your family closer together? Well, that's a good question. I think that probably is the case for, for most people in general, um, especially in this time, especially during the pandemic, because a lot of people were um, brought together on purpose, whether they liked it or not. <laughs> Families, <laughs> uh, we had all three of our kids at home with us attending school and working, and also all five of us were here. And because you know, they have, our kids have musical parents, we're probably an even bigger influence because we have music on all the time. We always have, and we've always tried to introduce, you know, different genres and different um, decades of music to our kids. You know, I was thinking recently about uh, something I said to an acquaintance about, you know, not liking a certain kind of music from the 90s, and I'm kind of a 70s person, but I feel like I've been a music snob when I think about that because, <laughs> you know, there's really during the pandemic, as I watched a lot of musical documentaries and talked to our kids about what, what genres they like and what they introduced us to, there's, there's just so many good kinds of music in every genre, you know, in every decade. And our oldest daughter was a uh, bass clarinet player in wind ensemble in high school and played at Disney Hall. And she always loved, her generation was listening to all kinds of pop music, which she likes too, but she was always into, um, uh, you know, like uh, film music, you know, all kinds of different, not classical necessarily, but soundtracks and orchestrations of soundtracks in film and television and I learned a lot from her from you know putting that on when I would be cooking or baking and all of the kids we had a blast during the pandemic when we were baking and we would have classic rock on sometimes or you know uh, some newer pop music that that uh, Dan and I were listening to and it does bring you closer together because you end up singing and uh, it, it just raises your spirits, as you know. Uh, I don't know if you remember, you're pretty, you're younger than me, Dick Van Dyke, but, um, you know, he was in Mary Poppins. And he always said, for a long and good life, you sing, dance and laugh every day. And I don't know if you can do that every day, but we sure were because it was such a weird time and music is just a great equalizer for, for everybody and for your mental health. I, I agree. And it's so funny you mentioned Dick Van Dyke because, well, first of all, um, as my kids were growing up, we, we watched Mary Poppins many, many times. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and so I actually record on my DVR the, the Dick Van Dyke show. And um, I was watching a, a couple episodes last night just because you know, Mary Tyler Moore's in it and um, Rosemary and Maury Amsterdam. 
And it's such a great ensemble cast. Um, and I think watching that television show in the old black and white version, mm -hmm. it, it reminds me of all the other great work that Dick Van Dyke has done. And it is, it's, it, it's very uh, uplifting and it's amusing and it brings back such fond memories. Um, and, and music does that. And um, I, um, I, I think about my family and the music that we grew up on. And, you know, it's so funny because um, I, I do not come from a musical family at all. Um, but um, I, I remember we had a stereo in our family room and <laughs> there were like four record albums leaning against uh, between the, the, the record player on the wall. And, uh, you know, one was a, a record of Hawaiian music that my mom used to like to listen to. And um, then there was a, a Patsy Cline album that both Ooh. my parents liked. And, um, and just, you know, like real, just a, a strange kind of mix of music. Um, but I do think about um, the music and this, this um, a Hawaiian album. It's, it was by a, a band um, called Guava Jam. And um, I hadn't thought about them in, in probably 30 years. Um, but when, you know, when my mom became very ill just a few years ago and, and in, the, in the last moments of her life, um, we were in her room, my brothers and I, and my younger brother found that album on um, Spotify and he started, he, he played a couple of tracks for my mother as she lay in her hospital bed. And um, it brought such comfort to everybody in the room. And I really believe it brought comfort to my mother. And I, I feel like that's just another way that, that music can bring us together and bring us to a, a, a place that is, um, it's positive under negative circumstances and it's uplifting at a time when maybe um, we're, we're suffering. And, um, and so that's why I appreciate musicians so much and I appreciate, appreciate the music um, that you bring to communities, especially during the pandemic, when sometimes that was all we had. Sometimes all we had to keep our spirits uh, uplifted was for me, walking my dog Buddy and listening to music. Um, and, um, and so that's why what you do is, is so critically important always, but especially right now when all of our lives are sort of upside down. Well, yeah, and, and I think that you brought up a really good point now about, you know, how comforting it is in the family sense. I mean, when you were stuck in the house, it's one thing you're, you know, you're playing a lot of music and you're listening to it. And the whole idea, I, I work part time in a retirement home community. And so many people were alone at that time. And I would talk to some of them and a lot of the things that we talked about was related to what they were listening to, you know, and, and music and how comforting it was to hear, you know, a song that they connected with when they were in their teens. We all seem to connect to the, the time frame in high school, right? All those, whoever you are, however old you are, you connect to those things and it, it just triggers good emotions. Even if it's sad, you find comfort in, um, you know, understanding what those lyrics meant to you, maybe. And it was, it was one of the, the, the funniest things that happened during the pandemic for me was, you know, um, Dan doesn't really play guitar anymore because he's busy working and trying to put the kids through college. 
And I found some old cassettes of us when we were live and on the road and the kids had never heard him play before or sing. And so I, I, you know, kind of put them down one at a time with headphones on and said, Oh, I want you to hear this song from the past that I used to do. I didn't tell them who was on it and their faces as they started to realize it was on the other end was, <laughs> was, uh, oh my gosh, it was uh, just unbelievably precious to watch them and realize where, you know, where we come from and how, um, you know, how we took it pretty serious. We did it for a living and it, it made an impact so much so that uh, when we dropped uh, our youngest daughter off to college this year, the older one and I went and she put on her Spotify playlist that she calls nine years old, sitting in the back seat with mom driving and it smells like sunscreen or women with guitars. <laughs> and it was all the songs we sang together, you know, when they were little kids and she remembered, remembered all these songs and it was a big influence. And both of our, our, our twins and our older one, um, were really impacted by by the music they listened to growing up with us and their own friends. And it stays with you for life. Um, and it, uh, it gets you through pretty much some of the darkest times to put on the music that you are familiar with and, and comfort you. Yes, and I'll tell you, last Christmas, I got a record player, a turntable. And uh, over the year, my son, Evan, and I have gone to different vinyl stores to buy records. And I said, you know, I, I'm going to try and find the records that I listened to in seventh and eighth and ninth and 10th grade, you know, when I was a teenager, when I was growing <laughs> up. And I've, I've bought a lot of those records. I've, you know, bought the Pretenders and Boston and Pink Floyd, The Wall and all these albums. And when I listen to those albums, um, it really takes me back to those times, the good and the bad, you know. Right. Um, it wasn't perfect growing up, um, but I, I got to listen to those things. And even, you know, I had this Boston album that I listened to over the, the original self-titled album. And I listened to it over and over again to the point where, you know, I, I there were some scratches on it. And um, I uh, when I when I listened to the Boston album that I bought and, and you know, the album that we got in this uh, vintage vinyl store over at the Orange Circle, um, it's probably from the same time as my original album. And I still catch myself when I'm listening to a particular song in my original album, there was a scratch that I'd always have to jump up and move the needle. I find myself <laughs> starting to do that now with this album, even though that scratch doesn't exist on this particular album. Well, it's funny you say that about the stereo and getting a record player because the kids got me one last Christmas as well. And, um, but, you know, nowadays they don't just play LPs, they, you know, uh, they play CDs, which kind of defeats the purpose when you put a CD into an LP player, because it <laughs> just doesn't have the same effect. But it was the same thing I found when I put the needle down on my, you know, new Eagles album or Jackson Brown, I thought, oh, no, it's warped. I could see, <laughs> I could see it kind of, I'm like, somebody bought me a warp. I had to explain to them what that even meant. But uh, you have some good taste, by the way, for the <laughs> pretenders, and that's, that's some good stuff. Um, but uh, it's funny, both Dan and I, we talked about our parents 
uh, we're not from a musical families either, but our siblings, I mean, at least my siblings, were huge influences on me because we had a one of those stereo consoles. That's probably what you had, right? Those big wooden yes. consoles in in one of the in the living room. And um, my siblings all had different tastes, and you know, we we heard everything from Karen Carpenter to the Who to like disco and funk, and um, there was always something being introduced. Uh, my mother loved country and was a big Patsy Cline fan. And, uh, and my dad, he liked, uh, he liked the crooners, you know, and he got to see Pavarotti before he died, which was, which was a, a dream. So that wow. was, that was, he had a really nice voice. Mm. My mother, not so much. We tried to quiet her down in church, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and it's interesting. My um, my mother used to sing to us. Um, she had a beautiful voice, but you know, kids, uh, we um, we would say, "Oh, mom, please stop singing," and she would <laughs> sing, you know, like "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." Mm. She would sing this song constantly. It was uh, um, "Shine on Harvest Moon." Oh, it's and, a great song. Y- you know, I, when I think back, I I hope that we as kids weren't hurting her feelings when we were saying, mom, please stop singing because it was part of our childhood. And um, I, I wish, you know, she, you know what she used to say to me? Um, she used to, we, we'd be, she'd be cooking dinner for us and we'd be eating and, and we'd be like, Oh mom, can we have something else for dinner? And she said, you know what you boys, when I'm dead and gone, you're going to look back and say, I really miss this particular <laughs> thing that mom used to make. And boy, you know what? She's right. And, you know, growing up in that house, um, you don't realize how right your parents are until you're in their position and you've got your own kids. And she said that to me, too. She you said, never will. You yeah. never you never will uh, be be grateful until that happens. We try to tell our kids that, too. And uh, same thing with my mom. She had uh, and so many people have this song in their lives, but she always saying you are my sunshine yes and uh, that was the the main song and she used to say the same thing you're never going to realize how great well she just basically said you're never going to realize what a great mom you had until (laughs) (laughs) and she was right about that I don't think we hurt their feelings at all I think you know they know deep down uh they know very well that we're we remember uh you know, all of the really great things. And, um, you know, some of the things that weren't so great, we sort of toss aside and um, don't utilize them in our own parenting. And, um, you know, that's why our parenting skills keep getting better and better. (laughs) Well, that's what I hope. That's definitely what I hope. Um, Well, listen, I, um, as we talk about music and family um, and, you know, I uh, I was I was sort of laughing, and I was thinking about um, the the uh, one of the events where I saw the honeybees playing, and um, I'll I'll never forget this. I I hope you've forgotten it, and I'm going to bring it up again. Uh-oh. But we were at an event, and 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 you guys were playing, and it was very crowded, and I was trying to walk past the band. I don't know what <laughs> I was doing, and I walked past the speakers, and because I walked by, and I was right up against the speaker. I covered my ear that was facing the speaker 
And I, I think you and maybe some other people said, oh, you don't like the music, you're covering your ears. And I said, no, I was walking past the speaker. I love the music, but it was so loud when I walked by. And, and it reminded me of, you know, now we're looking at another year where you're going to be playing in more local venues, but maybe some larger venues. And, and, and we're going to see you um, uh, in person, hopefully more and more. But um, what do you think? What what do you think the future holds for the band and for you personally for the Honeybees? What do you what are you looking forward to in the coming months and years? Well, first of all, I remember that moment, and it was like a Seinfeld moment, you know, where you're where you're covering your ear, and all of us looked like, "What the heck's his problem?" I know. And um, but as musicians, we exactly knew what happened because we understand being in front of the speaker. So. Um, if I didn't talk to you for the next year, it wasn't because of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, the honeybees, I think what we really look forward to is, you know, we're, we're really lucky because all of us have been friends for a really long time and playing live together, uh, having venues still hiring people is just really uh, a great feeling. And we're lucky to be able to support them as well. And, keep the people coming because it's a hand in hand situation, whether you're a restaurant or you're a fundraiser, you know, people want to hear music when they're, when they're uh, relaxing and, and spending money to go out to entertain. So it's really important for us to support all these businesses. And um, it's, it's, it's fun. You know, we're like bandmates when you're together this long, all of the honeybees, uh, except for our mandolin player who came along a little bit later, had played together in different configurations throughout Orange County. We've all known each other for a long time, and we're all really lucky to have played with really good musicians. I'm not just saying that to um, you know, put in a plug, but I know I've been really, really lucky. And so to be a bandmate with people that you enjoy as people and that play well, uh, we specialize in harmony so we rehearse a lot and we just have a great time um so your bandmates become your second family and you know you just respect each other's experiences and knowledge and and you play off each other for that and it's uh uh it's just great that we can all still um play and i see us doing that until you know walkers and medicare which some of us are doing both almost (laughs) (laughs) um but you know for us it's just it's a it's it's something that i don't think will go away because people you know it's it's like a guy who buys a guitar and might not be in a band or not play you know it's something that's always going to be available they're going to be able to buy guitars because it's something that is is really fun for them and music is um to paraphrase something I heard Fran Lebowitz say, uh, music is probably the only thing you can have too much of without it being bad for you. So, you know, you can overdose on, uh, I don't want to use that word. You can have too much music in your life and it's nothing bad is going to come of it, you know? And so we hope to be able to touch people's lives um, and to uh, give them, it's a gift I feel like it's a gift and we all are lucky we have it. And to see the faces on people when we're out playing just is a, is an added plus. 
Well, I agree. And, you know, it's, it, it, here's, here's a, a, a little peek, at, a little perspective uh, into what the audience uh, thinks um, and feels when you're playing uh, and performing, the audience is entertained and excited and, and is grateful. Um, but even outside of that, I, I, there is sort of a, um, I, I don't know what to call it, a mystique about musicians when <laughs> um, um, uh, even if they're not necessarily familiar with your music, when somebody uh, not in the music me um, finds out you're a musician, you're elevated in, in, in our perception. Um, there's sort of a star quality. And I, I hope that the, the public and your audiences um, are able to convey that to you uh, through, through their gratitude and appreciation for your performance because um, right now and hopefully forever, um, the public is going to appreciate what musicians do and what local talented musicians do to keep us all together and to keep us happy and, and get us through the times uh, that are very challenging right now. So I want to thank you so much for joining the Finding Ohana podcast. And I want to thank you so much for everything you do for, for the community and, and for the public, because we are grateful and we do enjoy your work. Well, thank you. And, and thanks a lot for those expectations now. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do want to say I, I thank you for having such a fun podcast. It's, uh, it's, it's a great idea. And, um, you know, family, we got a couple of, I'm going to put in a plug here for the honeybees. We have a couple of family friendly shows coming up, um, uh, this month on the 28th, we're going to be playing on a Sunday from one to four at the Huntington beach, uh, old world village beer garden. It's really fun. It's free to get in. They're going to be all decorated for Christmas and we'll have uh, our Christmas songs as well as our seventies show. And then we also have uh, South Coast Metropoint, where you saw us, which is a beautiful place to play. It's uh, outside, a lot of wonderful restaurants and vendors. You can shop, you can eat, you can go to a movie. And we're there from 6.30 to 9.30 on December 11th. And you can go, you know, please come to our web website to check out our other shows, which is honeybeesbandoc.com. We're on Facebook. And uh, we really, really appreciate, I mean, I'm not just saying this, that without the fans, we're futile. You know, we're just, the love and support we get from the people we know is, is what keeps us going. And we really appreciate it. So, um, so thank you all so, so much. Well, that's fantastic. So November and December, we can see you perform. I'm yes. Gonna, and you said Christmas. So I'm going to say thank you very much. Mahalo and Meli Kalikimaka. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, Ross. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye. We're going to close out this episode with a little of Gina's original song, Sisters, dedicated to her sister, Debbie, who introduced her to all kinds of music growing up. Gina wrote the song after Debbie was diagnosed with cancer. You can find the entire work on Gina's website, ReverbNation.com forward slash Gina Spiro Kessler. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.